Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Movie vs. Movie. Wait, we didn't get to sing our intro. Oh, you guys want to sing your intro? Yeah. Yes. One, two. two. One, two, three, four. Movie versus movie. 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 Okay, that was wonderful. <laughs> All right, I think we have our cold open. Movie versus movie. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Welcome back to Movie versus Movie! Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, today we have on the mics Nick, Alice, Michelle, uh, also known as Champagne Pool. Michelle, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself slash your recent project that you released. Well, thanks, Nick. My name is Michelle, but my full name is Michelle Champagne Poolin, and I'm speaking <laughs> like a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> Not such a bad thing. You, oh, would also, you also probably know Michelle's voice, her uh, dulcet tones, because... <clears throat> Should I remind them? Yeah. Movie versus movie. Movie versus movie. So movie. Michelle is, um, I mean, the second one was Alice, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But Michelle is the creator and singer of the movie versus movie theme song. Woo! Applause sound effect. <laughs> and I just released an album a couple months ago. What's it called? It's called How I Act When You're Around. And it's so good, guys. Wow. Thank you, Nick. We love those songs. So if you go on Spotify or any other place where you can listen to music and look up Champagne Pool, like the beverage and the place where you swim, that's where <laughs> you can find my album. Well, that's super cool. There's a really fun song called Apathetic Bitch. Is that the one that you, like, that's the first song you want people to listen to? Yeah. Okay. Everyone, go listen to Apathetic Bitch right now on Spotify, Champagne Pool, How I Feel. Act. How I Act When You're Around. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> and uh, I dare you to yes. find the song on the album that's about Nick. What? A challenge to your audience. No There's a way. song about Nick? I don't think so. You'll have to find out and report I've back. Listened to the, I've, so oh, have I. Wow, okay, okay. Audience, this is a big one. This is a big ask. If you, it's a big uh, ask and it's a big ask. <laughs> if, you, if you find the song, send your answers to either movie versus movie podcast at gmail.com or... Or actually, it's movie v movie podcast. Mm. Or is it movie v movie pod? It's one we'll of never them. Know. Just, just keep sending emails. Email will be in the bio. <laughs> or no, email will be in the episode description. Yes. yes. And the winner, the person who both guesses it correctly and tells us why it's correct. Whoa. What's the prize, Michelle? The prize will be an apathetic bitch t-shirt. Holy oh, fucking I shit! Oh, we got a merch drop! We got a merch drop! I That's will be submitting right. my answer before the podcast gets released, so I win. <laughs> the most important part is the description. We need to know why you think it applies to Nick. That's amazing. Okay. I this think is, it's apathetic bitch. This is great. This is... That's very rude. <laughs> No, you're the opposite of apathetic. <laughs> you care too much. All right, now, uh, now, speaking of music, Nick, yeah. why don't you tell us about our theme today? Well, the theme for this whole summer is going to be summer camp. We're going to find camp movies that we really love. Uh, they can It can either be camp like Sleepaway Camp, which might be coming up soon, or maybe it's going to be like camp like campy, like both of, maybe just one of today's <laughs> selections. Uh, and specifically, this month's theme is Band camp. So what, 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 
kind of movies do we got today? We got Josie and the Pussycats. And Camp Rock from Disney Channel. Disney Fuck Channel yeah. original. Fuck yeah. Okay, so I didn't have cable as a kid. And also was not interested in Josie and the Pussycats when I was a kid. But now I am. So, Alice, why don't you tell us a little bit about that movie, just like when you saw it, what it is, and then we'll go to Camp Rock. Uh, I can't remember if I saw this movie when it first came out um, or soon thereafter. It came out, I would say, when we were all pretty young. Was it 2003? It was either 2001 or 2003. You got Nick on the fact-checking. Fact Check is a 2001 musical comedy film co-produced by Universal Studios and Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. What? That was so many words. That's (laughs) MGM. Oh, shit. Is that what that is? Yes, that's what it stands for. I actually found that out for the first time right now, too. Wow. Yeah, Dude, dropping facts. Hashtag T-I-L. Cool. Um, yeah, so it I would say that while Camp Rock is maybe campy by accident, <laughs> or sort of campy because it's ridiculous. Because it's set at a camp. <laughs> um, Josie the Pussycats is campy fully on purpose. Um, it is a film with uh, Rachel Lee Cook playing Josie of Josie and the Pussycats, um, which is a group of ladies, a, a girl group that originated in the same universe as Archie Comics. A thruple. Yeah, it's uh, Rachel Lee Cook, like you said, Tara Reid and Rosario Dawson as the, the main three, uh, with uh, Alan Cumming playing a strong supporting role. As well as Parker Posey. Yes, exactly. And uh, what is the sort of broad themes of the movie? The themes of the movie, I would say, are (laughs) that um, the music industry is out to brainwash teenagers. Yes. Uh, Spoiler, if you haven't seen the film, highly recommend you go out and see it. Well, we're going to spoil the entire (laughs) film, as is the way of movie versus movie. So yeah, probably go see that if you want to. (laughs) Uh, So Josie and the pussy, Josie uh, and her friends, the the (laughs) pussycats. Have a band in which they play some rockin' bops, mm. um, and there are friends, and they just want to be famous and successful, um, but things aren't going super well for them. And because? So, because. They live in Riverdale and are poor. <laughs> Poverty strikes again. They have to play in a bowling alley. They're not making too much money. And no one really likes them at the bowling alley. And they have know. a weird um, Manager. manager. And his sister? Yes. And his sister. Correct. Yeah. They're, the, they're interesting. I got to say, the manager, I was like, oh my fucking God, my whole brain exploded when I saw him because my dad and I would watch um, uh, the white coats, white white jackets. It's the USA doctor show. Anyone, anyone have? Nope. I'm just seeing blank stares coming back at me. Not for me. No. It, it's really great. It's this guy who's on like an island and he becomes a private doctor to rich people. And oh. that's his brother. And he plays basically the same character. So, And it's that actor? And he's also a private doctor in Josie and the Pussycats. No, no, no. So he, <laughs> to the bed. He's the manager <laughs> and private doctor. That's why he got the gig. He was like, that sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And now Camp Rock. What, Michelle, why did you choose it? What is, what is the broad swaths of this? What is the, the highlights? Mm. I chose Camp Rock because it is a, um, quintessential queer summer film. (laughs) (laughs) Alison Stoner and Demi Lovato are cool for the summer with each other. If you know what I mean. Mm. But (laughs) yeah. Okay. Keep going. Nick's about to get so mad at me. (laughs) Here it is. 
It's a movie where the Jonas Brothers, I think we should just use their real names yeah. because yeah. we're not going to remember. The Jonas Brothers and all the other characters. We can call them all by the way. They have Shay other names. Shay and Knock Sh- or whatever. Shane and Nate. <laughs> Shane and Knock. Knock. <laughs> Those sound like Christmas elves. Yeah. Um, it's a Christmas film. <laughs> yeah, why is Joe Shane? That's not Shane isn't similar to Joe. He should have yeah. been John. But they were like, that's not sexy enough. He has to be Shane. Shane is not sexy. Uh, Shane is not a sexy name either. Shane is more sexy than John. Really? More sexy than Joe, I would say. Definitely more sexy than Joe. Well, Shane. But Joe Mm. is sort of like, I mean, Joe, I know some people named Joe. They're very nice. But Joe is sort of like. A plumber. How many sexy Joes do you know? Don't call me out like that. <laughs> Joe, if they, you're listening, Nick does listening. think you're sexy. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Joe. <laughs> so here's the thing. Camp Rock is a beautiful movie about a young girl finding herself and um, coming to terms with the fact that she's poor and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that she can still find love despite the fact that her mom is a, is lunch a cook. Lady. She's Even a lunch though lady. she might in the end have to leave that love to go be with the Jonas Brothers. No, yeah, exactly. The love I'm talking about is the love between Demi Lovato and Allison Stoner. Um, <laughs> Strong sexual tension. Joe Jonas is trying to swoop in and get with Demi, and she's like, obviously I'm in love with He's Allison constantly Stoner. trying to put her in a canoe, if you know what I mean. That's so true. Yeah. That is so true. Okay, why don't we, why don't we go back to uh, Pussycats, though? Let's start at the beginning. The first thing we see... Is, is the boy jour. band du jour. Which has Seth Green in it, which I thought was really funny. Like, he, I don't really see Seth Green very much, except in, like, Austin Powers movies. Without a paddle. Yeah, but I always mm. I always enjoy seeing him. He's just, like, some weirdo. Yes. Um, but he's a sexy boy in a sexy boy band. Yeah. Even though he's, uh, you can be sexy and short, and I think that's beautiful that they acknowledge that. But I think that that was kind of the point of them casting Seth Green, is that it's supposed to be ridiculous. It's supposed yeah. to be not like a real sexy boy band. And the song is on 100% about butt sex. Yes, it's called Backdoor Lover. <laughs> Backdoor Lover. Also, it's funny yeah. that they're called du jour, because it kind of means of the day. <laughs> and they do seem to only last one day. That's true. As mm. a famous boy band. So we see them. They're about to get into their private plane. The girls and one boy are <laughs> screaming for them. Alan Cumming is there. He's their manager. Or the record or, yeah, studio liaison. exec. And he gets on the plane with them. Um, their plane is full of branding. There's a lot of I branding do, in this film. I do love the subtle, it's not even subtle, it's just very funny where whenever they're in like a studio provided space, it is 100% every surface is labeled like Target or whatever. Yes. And I like, do you think that like they got money Absolutely. from those? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I think those companies, <laughs> it was- why it's ironic. It's brilliant because yeah. should we give away- the yes. whole point yeah. of this yeah. movie. So it's an anti-capitalist film at its core about how the music industry is brainwashing teenagers to buy more shit. Mm. And everything in the movie is a product placement, a literal product placement for McDonald's or Target or Subway or whatever. Yeah. But what they're doing, what these record, the record executives, who's the one evil one? Parker Posey is <laughs> is putting subliminal messages in the music <laughs> that are literal recordings of a voice saying, you want to buy chicken nuggets. You want to think, you will think that I'm really cool. Yeah. Pink is the new orange. Pink yeah. is the new orange. And uh, 
that's why everything in the movie is coded with branding because that's the record company's whole thing is that they're trying to sell shit. But meanwhile, the film is selling those things. The film is selling those things. It's Very extremely meta. Tricky. And it's beautiful, I think, that these companies funded this film with all the product placement because they knew what it was about. They had to see the script. Well, I mean, did they? I mean, did they care? They were just like, just put it out there. It doesn't matter. Mm. Well, and it probably worked. Like, will you go to Target now? Because there were Targets from Target all over I the I will yeah, always they, go to Target. They sell the best plain interiors on the it's market. so true. So true. Where do you buy your plain interiors these days? Target now. <laughs> <laughs> After this film. All right. So they're on the plane with DuJour. And DuJour are fighting, you know, among themselves. Um, but then they come to Alan Cumming saying, hey, we sort of heard something strange in our music. What's up with that? Alan Cumming quickly gets on his uh, phone and he straps on a... Um, no, he, he like taps the, the shoulder of the pilot and is like, time to go. And he like does a quick like code into his phone and they just jump out of the plane with a parachute and they let the plane crash into a mountain, which is very funny. It's a very good way to start the movie, I have to say. And for the rest of the movie, well, for the next hour or so, <laughs> we don't hear from DeJour. We assume they're dead. Yeah. Yes. And we don't know really why that was happening, but it's a little taste of what's to come. Yeah. And Alan Cumming is uh, talking to his boss and says like, yeah, I'm going to find somebody uh, to replace them today. And then we cut to Josie rocking out. With her band. With her band. The Pussycats. In a bowling alley. Yes. yes. Although <laughs> at the beginning, they're only called the Pussycats. They Very not, important. They are not Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, and so they play at this bowling alley. Everyone hates them or just does not care. And then they are like packing up their van. They get yelled at by some some evil teens mm -hmm. uh, who don't care about them. And they are care very much about DuJour who's coming to town. And then... Uh, They're crossing the street. Yeah. And Alan coming... Almost like, if runs only I could find a band, and yeah. there they are with their instruments. And a really great part of this movie that, like, throughout the rest of the opening act, I would say, is that Josie keeps like turning to Alan Cumming and being like, "Are you sure that you want to do this? You haven't even heard us play." And he's like, "Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> he doesn't care." He just sees three pussy cats walk in front of his car with their ears, mm. and he's like. Okay. I can sell anything. I can sell anything and you're hot teenagers. Exactly. Easy. And so Alan Cumming takes them and talks to their manager and is like, we want to sign you. Uh, and the manager's like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't do anything without me saying. And then he's just like, yeah, we're going to make you a ton of money. Here's 5% that you would make. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, great. This is awesome, everyone. Uh, but that this is also when... Alan Cumming renames them Josie and the Pussycats, mm. which is more sellable because like it's a front singer that like people can identify with. Which maybe I think he was right. <laughs> I mean, like, it does sound better. Good marketing move. <laughs> Honestly, Alan Cumming was not totally a bad guy. <laughs> And yes. then they, they start uh, their sort of the montage of them getting makeovers and getting more glam and getting their special looks for their big concert and their music videos. And we also get a cut to the like evil record label room where um, the mega record CEO Parker Posey is... Uh, Fiona. Fiona, Fiona, yes, Fiona. She, she's in a meeting with all these big wigs that seem like, like world leaders. 
Um, and uh, oh, it's she, the CIA, right? Yeah, the it's FBI. Like, yeah, it's like all of them. And then she's like, "Yeah, like we can make these people, like the kids, do whatever we want them to do. Specifically, buy shit that they don't need, and like we'll and make enlist. A, yeah, and we'll make everyone super rich, and like have the army and all that kind of stuff. So it's like pretty damning of our system. I mean, like it pretty much directly says, like, look how like what the state in which we live." Crazy. Anyway. <laughs> is uh, is the music industry state violence? Ooh. Ooh. In this paper, I will prove. <laughs> <laughs> My theory is. <laughs> um, and then at the end, it is revealed that every time they release these mega records, they put the subliminal messages in. And uh, every time the bands kind of start figuring it out, they kill them with like drugs and murders and and then they have a tv show called behind the music Mm, that they also make which they profit from that shows the story or at least the fake story of what happened to the musical artists who figured it out honestly if you really look at this movie through like a um like class consciousness lens it does show that like it's like very explicit that the state and the system both creates and profits off of people's misery and discontent and then like has there is no reason why the uh, organizational uh, systems that we have put in place would ever want to change the bad things in life because they actually benefit from them in the back end like you were saying alice with like these corporate uh, ways to profit on um people's you know lives being ruined. Nick Karen, <laughs> are you speaking the truth right uh, now? Truth to power? The guys? fun part about this podcast episode is we've actually put subliminal messages in it to yes. brainwash you into becoming a communist. And if you can find them and tell which one was about Michelle, you will get I will make you a movie versus movie t-shirt and send it to you at your home. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> That's two merch drops. Yeah. Two merch drops. It's it's a very um, Buy the merch, buy the merch, buy the the merch. <laughs> oh no, there it is. They heard it. They heard it. We said we said subliminal, okay? Movie versus movie does not have any merch. <laughs> not yet. Um, yeah, and so then uh like you said, the band keeps getting like glammed up. Also, Tara Reed has a really weird role in this movie where she just plays It's rough. Yeah, where like Tara Reed It was clearly written by men. Here's the thing. This movie was written by a man or multiple Mm -hmm. men where they were like, we need someone to be funny and it has to be a dumb woman. So we can be like, oh, women are so dumb and blonde. Like, that's just what men needed in 2001. Yeah. However, unlike, I mean, you can sort of look at her like a Karen character from Mean Girls. Yes. But unlike Karen, whereas Karen is merely dumb, Tara Reid's character in this movie seems... A little off, in a a sort of unsettling way. It's it's as though somebody took the brain of a child and just like plopped it into Tara Reid's fully grown body. It's concerning to watch. The men who wrote this were like, you know what men love? Children. (laughs) You know, children uh, and hot blondes. What's what's better than a child? A sexy child. Mm, yes. Sexy baby. <laughs> yes. And that is Tara Reed's character yes. in yeah. this movie. Throughout the entire movie, she sort of just pops in once in a while. Doesn't even really seem to be aware of what the band is going through in most And I think moments. it's really beautiful that her bandmates, Josie and... Valerie. Josie and Valerie love her regardless. Yeah. She mm. says crazy shit throughout the movie. And they're yeah. like, 
you know what? Great. We, <laughs> we love you. you. Yeah. You're a part it's of the band. It's very sweet. It's a good, it's a good friendship movie and, yeah. and possible lesbian ship. Lesbian ship. Well, because yeah. like Josie and Valerie are very much in love, in love. Like there's a lot of moments with just like Josie being like, I'm sad. And then Valerie just like opening her arms and like Josie going to sitting on her Who's lap. Who's a rock yeah. star? <laughs> yeah. <that kind laughs> Who's my little rock star? Is it you, Josie? <laughs> Here's the thing. It's one of those movies where I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but what, what Alan Cumming is trying to do is he wants to pit the bandmates against, against each, each other, other. Mm. so he does some deliberate things to make it so that Josie feels like the number one star he does you know brainwash her a little bit as well well be, to be fair Josie doesn't really until like towards the end where she is literally <laughs> brainwashed mm. um doesn't actually really go in for that though she's always like are you sure you want to put my name mm. out there we're sort of like a group deal sort of thing um and my girlfriend valerie wouldn't like it though. yeah and like valerie <laughs> we write the songs like, together yeah about each other <laughs> exactly and then but valerie is much more susceptible and like alan coming continuously just kind of needles her being like oh we don't really even need you because she's insecure but yeah. we should also note that valerie is the only woman of color in the band yeah so she probably feels especially vulnerable mm -hmm. well i mean there's some some interesting stuff where the late like alan coming talking to the label um i think at one point it's like yeah one is like a little bit darker than the others or something there's like some... i think he said Yikes. it's like tlc plus a member of destiny's child or yeah something. something like, like that he said some messed up stuff and yeah. it, but i i think that it is um for its time like if they were conscious of what they were writing which i assume that they were um it's pretty like it, it's calling out the music industry, and I think that that was pretty interesting to see in a movie from the early 2000s. They really, I think that's the thing is all the jokes are like saying the quiet part out loud, like uh, record labels trying to sell shit to teenagers. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, that main one, I guess. <laughs> um, lesbians. Yes. They didn't say that very loudly. Yeah. They said that part quite, pretty yeah, quietly. Yeah, they, they still actually. kept the, the lid on that can one. Can I just say, this is, I remember what I was going to say before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hit it. You can put this earlier if you want. <laughs> When we were talking about them being lesbians, Josie and Valerie are like the two women teenagers who are like, I just want you to be my only best friend. And I don't know why, but like, I need you to have no other best friends except for me. And then a few years later, they're like, it's because I was in love with you. Yeah, it, it's, it's like it's, how it's, all my 30 year old friends are like, oh yeah, no, I was queer the whole time. Yeah. It's it's a real like Kate F situation. Oh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> If you're listening to this, I hope you're doing well. <laughs> uh, wow. Mm. Moving on. <laughs> um, yeah. So then after that, uh, Alan Cummings' character gives... C coming. Yeah. Cummings apostrophe uh, gives Josie a copy of like the single that they had just released, but it contains some of the subliminal messages mixed into it made specifically for josie yes to brainwash her into thinking that she doesn't need the other members of her band that she's the best that and she she's... needs like a solo career correct yeah and that leads to them having kind of a falling out and they argue with each other and um joe i mean to be fair they also did a really funny thing i think that there is nothing more indicative of a heel turn in a character than when 
uh, you open a shot with them getting a private manicure. Like mm. someone is in their house, get, like on their knees, giving them a manicure. Did, not Did a that happen luck. in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Michelle's like, I don't remember this movie So at when all. we see Josie for the first time after she's been brainwashed, uh. and this is right after, we haven't mentioned the scene where um, Valerie and Melanie, I believe Tara Reid's character is named. Couldn't yeah. tell um, that. Uh, <laughs> they are brought to a fake TRL set oh. with real Carson Daly. Best part of the movie. That actually was, was pretty good. So like um, Alan Cumming comes in and says, okay, so I know that we've been feeling like a, a little left out. You guys, we've booked you for uh, TRL. And Even though see? it's TRL. Nighttime, I think? Wait, when is it? TRL. Is it? TL, okay, TRL. Total request live. <laughs> and Valerie's like, Josie, are you going to like come be the person? And, and Josie was like, no, you, you do it. Like it's, it's, I'm not the front of the band. It's like you uh, as well. We're you equal. guys should, yeah, we're all equal. You should go do it. And Valerie's like, oh, thanks, man. And then they go, and it is literally like... Cardboard. Yeah, cardboard taped up onto the wall. And then the real, like, Carson There's a Daly. bunch of cardboard cutouts of celebrities. They're like, wow, it looks a little different in real life. <laughs> yeah, and then our tower reads like that. And then the uh, real Carson Daly... No, no, first, the like, a black man comes out. Yes. And is like, hey, I'm Carson Daly. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, ah, uh, no. And then... Which, strange gag. <laughs> yeah. Don't know how the audience is supposed to react to that. Do we laugh? I don't know if that's funny. Yeah, it's real funny. And then I thought it was funny because then he like keeps trying to do impressions throughout the rest of the thing. Uh, and they're all terrible. Um, and Carson, the real Carson Daly comes out and he's like, hey, guys, it's so cool to meet you. Um, I'm going to have to kill you now. And like picks up a bat and they're like just going to bludgeon. Uh, and him and his friend who we don't know is real. Yeah, name. We, no. we never know who the other Carson Daly truly is. They uh they they attempt they do attempted murder yes. yes they attempt and then Tara Reed and Carson Daly like kind of have uh, a meeting romantic of- moment <laughs> wait there's a lot of similarities between these two movies yeah Tara Reed and Carson Daly met we think maybe on set well they definitely dated they yeah. definitely dated for a long time I think after filming this movie wait so- how long is a long time a long I think a long time really he is yeah. so milk toast boring. Why would anyone? I mean, she's been in like seven Sharknado movies. So, <laughs> what are you trying to say about her? Yeah, Alice. She's you, working. That she's the coolest person ever to work in Hollywood. Yeah, that proves my point. I don't know. I just feel like Carson Daly just kind of has like a mud face, you know? He does. He has like a Jason Bourne face, but in yeah, like an unsexy it's, way. Right. Yeah, it's so, just kind of like a dog with jowls, you know? So they were engaged, but. They only dated from March 2000 to June 2001. Oh, oh so they stopped dating maybe when this... Oh, no, they, so 2000 After must have been when it was shot. After her. Yeah, like she bat. was like, the attempted murder was where I draw the line. Yeah. Like, the choking was cool. <laughs> the I was bat, into it. <laughs> the bat was a little scary. Yeah, and so there's like a part where he's like chasing her with a bat and like smashing things around her and being really intimidating, but also being like, oh my God, like you like that band too? And she's like, oh yeah, I do. And like, they're just like chatting. Uh, and he's just... Uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, and there's a one point where he's like, you know, in another life, I, there's really something here, and I would really love to explore this, but I have to kill you with this bat. <laughs> and then she, like, trips him off a balance beam or something and, like... She pushes him off of the bleachers. That yeah. Happened. Does he die? Did he die? Did she no, kill him? No. I, we see him later in a cast. Yeah, and, like, a mm. neck brace. Mm. Um, because we see later, like, after the scene, that the rec- that uh, the record executives have sold like hundreds of thousands millions perhaps 
of these pussycat ears um, that will brainwash people directly when they at the concert. At the concert. Um, this really makes you think like the Coldplay concerts where they give everyone the bracelet. Like, oh, what are those microchips? Shit. Are they like inserting a Did microchip Bill Gates into us? Team up with Coldplay. I I would see like if. Bill Gates is going to team up with any band. It's Coldplay, you yeah. know? It's like yeah. not old Coldplay. It's new Coldplay. Yeah. So is Chris Martin Jean Benet Ramsey? <gasps> Wait, who's Chris Martin? The lead singer of Coldplay. Oh. <laughs> I could see it. Have you seen the childhood photos of Jean Benet Ramsey? Mm, both blonde. <laughs> That's both blonde, both white. <laughs> That's about it. Do I, do I need to say anything else? <laughs> need I say more? <laughs> he was a boy. <laughs> She was Benet. <laughs> um, then uh, it becomes the case where um, the Valerie and Tara mm-hmm. Reed mm-hmm. escape, but are captured by the record execs and are tied up and thrown in the back of this car. And Josie, um, they're like, you have to go out and perform your solo debut. Or we will them. kill them. Yeah, or we will straight up murder your friends. And she's like, and you might wonder, audience, why there's a car in this. It's because maybe they were trying to sell this car. Maybe it was out of placement. But it was also because they were going to like wheel it out into the parking lot and make it explode, I guess. Like, it's very unclear. It's very like IRA. Yeah. That's like the, yeah, right? <laughs> Did you just whisper Ireland, Alice? <laughs> Those are the oh ones my who God. did the car bombs, right? I Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to my make sure I had the acronym right. Yeah, so they... No, I think it's because the IRA was... They were the militants in like yeah. the North. Mm. I, I don't know. That's what this film was actually... I've been watching a lot of Terry Girls recently. <laughs> I love that show. It's a very good show. It's a very and there's good a lot in, in similarity. Like these two pieces of media are in conversation Terry Dairy Girls and Josie, and, and, the and the Josie and the Pussycats. Cats. Exactly. Same universe. And that there's Archie women comics. in both of them. Queer. Yeah, exactly. So then uh, there's like this really great sort of fight escape scene where DuJour returns. All, almost all of them in full body cast. I wonder if that was because they couldn't afford Seth Green and <gasps> the guy who played Turk in Scrubs. Well, it's also they they made the hottest, whitest one be the one not in a full body cast. Yeah. Was it Ethan Hawke? Yeah, yeah, there's a guy who looks a lot in a very similar rat face way of Ethan Hawke. But it's not Ethan Hawke. No. But it could be Ethan Hawke. I think it, it might be. It could be Ethan Hawke, though. There's no evidence not. that it's not Ethan it, Hawke. It's not <laughs> Ethan Hawke, but it really could be Ethan Hawke. It's Ethan Hawke, not Ethan It's Ethan Hawke. It's Ethan Hawke from hell. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Hawke. It's, it's sort of like if um, Tony Hawke <laughs> and Ethan Hawke kind of came together. In a sexual way. And had a child and they named it Heathen Hawk. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they they go out uh, and DuJour's like, hey, we're going to stop this um, and are immediately kind of disposed of by the the record label because they're in like full body cast and can't really do anything. Um, But Josie has escaped and she's like manages sort of to untie her friends. um, uh, But then they... Yeah. Oh, actually, a really fun part that we missed is that the DuJour survived the plane crash and were totally fine, but they landed in the middle of a Metallica concert. Yes! Oh, and that's why they're injured. Yes. They're yes. injured because the Metallica fans hated DuJour, the boy band, so much. Yeah, so they just it's beat a, the shit out of them. It's a great detail. They tried to kill that. them. That's actually, like, crazy. Yeah, like, they, very funny, The Metallica though. fans tried to murder them. Like, I feel like the Metallica fans I've met are the sweetest people. I know. It's, like, sort of, you know... 
Well, you're not in a boy band. That's so true. Maybe yeah, that's and you have long hair like them. Like the Metallica fans. <laughs> you're, you're like them. I'm actually a Metallica fan. This is propaganda. Pro-Metallica propaganda. <laughs> and there's the second subliminal message in movie versus movie. Buy Metallica merch. Listen to um, Metallica. They are in sort of this big tussle where they all are trying to escape. And then the the like subliminal messaging is released because of a weird accident where like um, Josie is able to like send out just the subliminal messaging and show everyone that that is under the music, and it's just uh, like this guy going like Fiona is cool. You want to be like Fiona? Fiona, the record executive. Yeah, I think one of the references that gets a little bit lost in our modern days is the movie phone guy. I I think. Please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that back in the day, to get the times for movies, you would call a hotline, like the movies playing at your local cinemas, yeah. and there was the movie phone guy, and he would tell you oh, the show times, I, I think. I never knew about that. And it's that. the same guy? And it's that it's the voice of How that guy. How did you guy. know that? Did you Google this? I think I knew it deep in my soul. Oh my Is God. it because- Subliminal you, messages. I, I mean, I remember. No, this? I mean, I remember. Alice, are you, you the movie guy? Listen to Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> That's, I think that, your uh, voice got so much higher, movie guy. <laughs> Listen to Josie and the Pussycats. Like a little squeaky, too. <laughs> I think that we also need to just add one detail about Fiona, which is that she is deeply insecure, and we find this out when she throws a party, and she invites Josie and the Pussycats, oh, and then yeah. she invites them all into her bedroom Yeah, because she wants to have a slumber party with them, and she's like simultaneously insulting their looks and trying to get them to like braid each other's hair. Yeah. And yes. it's an incredible mind fuck of a scene. Yeah. They're like, this is weird. We want to leave. And yeah. then they leave. <laughs> There's a lot about weight. Yes. Yeah. A lot of body yeah, she's shaming. Like she's very got some, anti, she's like, at yeah. least I'm more skinny than you. And they're like, maybe you shouldn't be like, yeah, that seems one, really unhealthy. Yeah. And she at one point is like, how much do you weigh? Oh my God. I weigh like 10 pounds less. And yeah. Like that. It's like I, very weird. I mean, I think that's the movie telling us that brain, that Fiona herself has been brainwashed yes. right. to think that she needs to be a certain weight. And like, and that's what girlfriends talk about with mm. each other. And fast forward to that last scene we were just talking about, we find out that Fiona <laughs> was a nerd in high school and, and that, that she was known as... She was known because she had a lisp. She had a different name. Fiona's not her real name. She had a lisp in high school. Yeah. And she was made fun of. And the lisp comes out sometimes. Yeah, and, and it she's comes really out at this it. moment, revealing that Alan Cumming is a person <laughs> with albinism. Yeah. This is not how they describe him in the movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, the, that part is problematic. Yes. Um, it's a bit ableist. Yes. So he wipes off his makeup, revealing that he was bullied in high school yeah, for and, having albinism. And he also, like, again... He unbuttons his pants. Which, which I feel like what? undercuts the... Remember when we see his belly? Yeah, his belly mm. comes out. And, like, I feel like that part specifically kind of undercuts the message that you were talking about earlier. But, yes, he just sort of lets it all his freak flag fly. And they both have this sort of like oddity meeting where they're just like, oh, maybe it's okay that like somebody did like me and we're like together now. Um, we also learned that Alan Cumming is actually American. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's yes. A, and he, he put on a British accent to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because he's actually Scottish. So yeah. he's none of the things that he's portraying as in this film. <laughs> um, and then the government agents that were like colluding with Fiona. Scots are British. True, but he's English. In the yes, yes. He's doing an English. <laughs> I just didn't want to get canceled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things going around. I don't want to. 
Okay, but then the big part is that the the government agencies are like, we're taking you in, Fiona. And she's like, hey, we were all working together. And he's like, yeah, but we like you got caught. So we, we're going to find someone else to do Well, Josie, Josie and her pussycats say, hey, CIA, who happens to be right here, or FBI, we don't know who you are. Um, these people who have just let their freak flags fly are actually evil, and they've been brainwashing us. And then the CIA, who knew all along, they go, oh, what? Yeah, they pull oh a classic CIA. <laughs> wow, that's so weird. We didn't know about that at all. So I guess we have to arrest them now. Who is the movie saying is the real bad guys? The government. The government. I think the government. <laughs> I yeah, think the white there the was white that. Do you remember top? that one cut screen? Where it was about, there was, um, it was an advertisement. It was a subliminal advertisement that they'd put in a music video. And at the bottom of the screen, it said, sign up for the army. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so clear that they were anti, anti-military industrial complex. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and so the plot is foiled and they abandon the sort of spreading subliminal messages via music, so that plot is destroyed. They do the concert, and mm, and they have without this thing, the ears. And they also have sort of like a, a tongue-in-cheek moment where the government's like, "Yeah, we found out the movies are like way more effective," and they all kind of look at the camera for a second. So you know, it's all there. It's all there. Uh, yeah, and he's trying to say something, that director, trying to have... What's he trying to say, Nick? He's trying to say to buy your beautiful interior design for your private plane at Target. Shop today. Directed (laughs) by a woman and a man, it should be noted. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Wait, co-directed? Co-directed by a team, co-written by the same team. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Harry Styles, Elfront and Deborah Kaplan. Hmm. Hotties. Let's see what they look like. Okay, let's do it. I'm pulling up Harry. They're definitely white. We know they're white. Oh, no they're picture. They're definitely white. No, nope. they're, I've checked. They're white. No picture on Harry. Let's see Deborah. No picture on Deborah. Mm, okay, we can't say for All sure. Right. So it's a mystery. Um, but yeah, so then after that, Josie, Valerie, and Melody perform the big concert together. And Alan M., who's been sort of like this background love interest for Josie, but we don't really care because we oh, know. Oh, I forgot about Alan. Yeah, Alan M. is really just... The movie kind of hush hushing the real queer energy of the bandmates. I do yes. think it's funny that we never mention Josie's main love interest <laughs> throughout this whole time we've been talking because he's so vanilla and so boring. Yep. And you heard uh, it here, folks. Men are boring. Yeah. I yeah. mean, honestly. Try women. Try women. And your non binary neighbor. Folk. Yeah. <laughs> That's so should me. we switch to, <laughs> got one. Should, should we switch to the other movie? Uh, Camp Rock? Yeah, this is a great time to hear from Movie vs. Movies wonderful sponsors. Movie vs. Movies brought to you this month by Daily Dose of Yarn. You know in Josie and the Pussycats when Alan Cumming uh, jumps out of the plane, uh, it's actually not to kill the stupid boy band du jour. It's actually because he wanted to get to his computer as fast as possible and place his order for a Daily Dose of Yarn custom-made beanie. Daily Dose of Yarn makes custom headwear for you or your friends. You just have to head to their Instagram or their Etsy shop and put in your order. This entire month, they are doing a Pride Month sale. Tons of hats, all representing the different identities that we celebrate during Pride. So please go and support this woman-owned business today. 
All right, so that's <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. What a film. What a uh, film. I'm so glad that we were all able to go on that journey together. Should we say our thoughts, or are we going to say our we'll thoughts say, later? We'll talk the thoughts at the end. Okay. But first, we have to talk about maybe one of the greatest cinematic marvels of the early, late? 2008? Late, 2008. Of the 21st century. Of the year 2008. <laughs> <laughs> of the month in which it was released in 2008. Of my lifetime. <laughs> Camp Rock! Camp Rock! Okay. Michelle, what is Camp Rock? Camp Rock is a beautiful film. (laughs) Um, Why do you love it? Let's talk specifically about who maybe is in it and your obsession with them. Do you have the plot pulled up? Because we're going to need that. Yeah, I I just saw it and I don't remember it. Great. (laughs) So it's not too complicated. Camp Rock features... It's a Disney movie. It's a... Camp Rock is a Disney (laughs) channel... Uh, vehicle for the Jonas Brothers, Demi Lovato, and Allison Stoner, who were all Disney Channel stars at the time. Yeah. Allison mm. Stoner was famous, I believe, for the, um, what was the, Mike Super Short Show? Oh. She was on oh. Mike Super Short Show first what as the little that? sister. I don't know. I, okay, so complete honesty here, really digging up some real deep stuff for me. I didn't have cable as a kid, so I didn't have the Disney Channel. I, I've never seen any Disney things originals now for me this i think is a little past my disney time yeah because um i you were like 30 I'm, right yes i was 30 <laughs> when this came out um so you can do the math on how old i am now um so but i was more of a xenon girl uh the mm. color of friendship i really love uh. um <laughs> i don't know lizzie, Mag- lizzie mcguire okay, I, I know lizzie. see lizzie. look alice and i are, are about the same age, and these movies were big for me also, but the thing was, I was trying to get someone to kiss me who <laughs> likes the Jonas Brothers, so I had to regress a bit right. in my film choices. Okay. And I think that's admirable. Yeah. Thank you. I did what I had to do, and it still didn't pay off, and you know, that's okay. That's it's okay. It's pretty funny, like, so uh, during the, the ad break, uh, Michelle and all of us were talking and Michelle was like, yeah, like why else would I learn guitar other than to get a girl to kiss me? And you also got super obsessed with the Jonas Brothers also to get, to get a, a girl, to, a kiss girl to kiss you. And those two things are sort of connected yeah. because now you can play a Jonas Brothers song. And we're going to end the episode today with me playing oh my a God. Jonas Brothers what? song. What a treat. <laughs> I'm so excited. Wow. This is going to be a post credit like, uh, a specialty. A feature. A, fe- a feature. Yes. <laughs> so the Jonas Brothers are in this movie. So is Demi Lovato. Honestly, who doesn't love Demi, right? Incredible person. I have to say the energy at which she wakes up in the very first scene kind of put me on edge. <laughs> and I'll say that Demi's character in this movie uses she, her pronouns, it but seems. But Demi uses that, they, them. Yeah. We are going to refer to their character as a her because the character is her in the movie. Yes. yes. So Mitchie is her, Demi is they. Yes. Yes. And let me say, Demi Lovato is hot. Has a in smile this. that would frighten a wolf pack. Oh my God. We really, like, it's as though she's about to just take a bite out of your neck. You in know? the hottest way possible. <laughs> we might have to disagree. <laughs> On behalf of the queer community, I apologize for Nick. Uh, Demi Lovato. We could talk about her for three more hours. Yeah. And we will. <laughs> Strap in, folks. Yeah, so so we see... Um, Mitchie. Mitchie. Strange she, name. 
Yeah, it's a very weird name. Never heard that one before. What's it short for? Michelle. Mitchell? Oh, it's oh, for... I thought it was oh Mitchell. My God. Have you ever gone by Mitchie? Not yet. <laughs> we am now. For the rest of this episode. <laughs> Mitchie Poolin coming at you hot. Oh, I hate it. I that, hate that it. That sound like your morning DJ name. Yeah. <laughs> Mitchie Champagne Poolin. <laughs> um, okay, so Mitchie wakes up and is fully dressed. This is like when people up. say, tell me about your day. And you're like, well, so I woke Look up, up. <laughs> fully dressed. And they're like, we don't need this much yeah. detail. I mean, I played on my Casio keyboard. I, yeah, I felt like that for the first five minutes of the movie as we just watch Mitchie go from place to place in her room, smiling with a, a Jaws that would scare a shark away. And like, she plays a full song on her keyboard and I guitar. I think the smile makes sense when you realize that- That she is a manic psychopath. <laughs> Here's the thing. Demi was actually going through a lot when this movie was filmed. Oh, and yeah. Disney, Allison has also Allison Stoner, who plays- Her best friend Caitlin, in love interest. Her best friend Caitlin. in love interest, Caitlin, has also spoken openly about this, how Disney Channel makes you repress all of your trauma and Whoa. like smile through really traumatic shit that like Disney Channel is doing to you by number one, overworking you as a child- Ugh forced labor yeah. and number two by like allowing sexual assault to take place rampantly on set and so maybe yeah. that's why her smile doesn't look Real. genuine yeah because she was going through shit is it it's it's not that she's smiling it's that she's sort of like grimacing in pain mm -hmm. yeah. because she's being made to be in this uh Great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alice uh, has now grimaced and is looking around to see if the Disney executives are listening. Fuck Disney. <laughs> Alice has experienced a trauma watching Camp Rock. <laughs> yeah, so Mitchie is sort of running around doing this stuff, and then she pops downstairs to eat breakfast with her mom. I'll yes. be the mom. Ready? Yeah. Um, hey, sweetie. Hey, hey mom. mom. I want to... Can you turn up the... So are we doing this together? I want to go to Camp Rock. Camp Rock, we're poor. We can't afford Camp Rock. But did you see the brochure that I put on oh, yeah, the okay. vacuum Okay, cleaner? yeah. Let's, let's I saw the brochure. <laughs> You're my maid. Yeah, let's just address that she has put Camp Rock pamphlets, the place where she wants to go, this like uh, band camp. Um, hence the theme of the envelope. Uh She puts these, these pamphlets in the refrigerator and taped onto the vacuum cleaner. Here's the beautiful is, thing though. I think that what she's done is studied like organizing techniques. She's Googled. <laughs> what, she's, what she's seen on the internet is like, when you want people to read your literature, make it short and snappy. What her literature said was, camp I want to go to Camp Rock. <laughs> and you have to put it in high traffic areas so where people are going to see it. she's a social justice warrior. She's a social justice warrior who has For like- Camp Rock. Who has, um, what is the, she has utilized, she's weaponized mm. social justice tactics no, to wow. go to Camp Rock. And her mom still, she sees these. You it were, worked. She definitely noticed. And she said. Like really reading into this movie. She says, we're too poor. We're impoverished. And yeah. that's why she's a social justice she warrior. Said, she's had dad, to fight for everything. Your dad is working at the store and I'm trying to run my catering business. And she says, mom, I understand. And she goes to school. Now. Let's be clear, though. Their house is still nice. It's beautiful. Um, they have a backyard. They don't actually look uh, really actually poor. They're Disney Channel poor. Yes, yes. exactly. Because um, poor does not exist in Disneyland. No. And considering the resources that this camp has, it's probably extremely expensive. I mean, oh, they yeah. have a famous pop star. They have boats. They have trampolines. <laughs> I think most camps have like canoes, you know? <laughs> no, but they, but they also have like boat boats. 
Just like parked in the background. Did we see that? I don't remember. Did I hallucinate Prop a boat? <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is the canoe. I mean, they have a dock with a slide on it and a diving board. The dock is just for kissing, though. Oh. So then they go to school. <laughs> and uh, um, Mitchie uh, pulls another Camp Rock pamphlet out of her locker. And throws it away. Yeah, which uh, I found weird because it's like, why you have one in there? That's not a high traffic area, but uh, whatever. Th- that's her personal one. Yeah, just to eyes on the prize. Uh, she's sort of trying to secret the Camp Rock into existence. And it worked. And it worked because... When she gets home from school... Her dad says, go on, tell her. And her mom uh, says that she is going to unpaid work at this camp so that they could have a discount to go to the camp. <laughs> you also missed the part where there's um, we're in the high school and Demi's, sorry, Mitchie's friend speaks terrible Chinese. Yeah, she just walks oh, up and, go, and speaks terrible. The thirsty hair. Like she's like, with this is Mandarin. This is Mandarin for like, have a good summer. That hair wants to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, they fucked in the high school yeah. while she was speaking Mandarin. You can tell that there were no people with textured hair working on this film. <laughs> yeah. Because there were some wigs that were bad. Yes. There was thirsty hair girl with the curly hair at the beginning. Yes. And I found that really disrespectful. Also, thirsty hair girl comes in, says one line, basically, which is uh, saying a phrase in Chinese and saying, guess who did well on their AP Ch- Mandarin exam? And then never comes back in the movie at ever all. Again. Ever. We never see her. She moved to China. <laughs> and she had a really hard time because she couldn't Because she speak couldn't speak Mandarin. Mandarin. I would I would actually really love to see a, that movie. That movie of like, mm. man, my friend went to summer camp going I what I guess I should try to do something. Oh mom, what do you mean? You're gonna go to China? I should go. And then it's just like a, like a crazy romp. Uh, Lizzie McGuire. Maybe goes it's to a Paris. fast and furious movie. Mm. Or a taken. Ooh. Oh, but wouldn't you want to see a Fast and Furious with a woman main character? Oh, uh, there are women that main, main characters character. in I mean, the main character. Yeah, they they are all main characters. It's about a family. Okay, it's a family movie. <laughs> Vin might be the patriarch of the family, but there are a lot of women members in the family. Okay, and in the movie that we're talking about today. <laughs> Mitchie's mom says, I'm going to work for free at this camp and get a discount yeah. and still pay a lot for you to go to this camp. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, thank you so much. That sounds so fun. And then Mitchie and her mom go to camp. Yeah. And it starts out beautiful. Mitchie's mom is like, okay, great. You just have to work in the kitchen with me every morning. And Mitchie loves her mom. Yeah. She loves working with her. So yep. she says, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. I'm in. They're sleeping in the same room. In the same bed. Which is going to be hard for Mitchie. <laughs> no. No. They have twin beds. I was just joking. Like a married couple in the 50s on I, TV. I just or like a, a mother ha-ha. and a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> or like that. And but that is a little bit of a cock block for Mitchie. Yeah. Well, Mitchie doesn't know yet. How is she going to have sex with her friend who Alice she's about Stoner. to meet? So, so, is she the first person she meets? Um, pretty close. I believe so. She yeah. gets off the, the catering bus. <laughs> the catering she bus? She sees everyone dancing and slapping their drumsticks around. And she says, Mom, this is where I meant to be. Yeah. And her mom says... Okay. I know. She says, I got to get to the kitchen. <laughs> she goes, I have to I have to make food for 500 asshole kids. work for free for two months. And every have, piece of food has to look like a musical instrument. <laughs> have fun going to what, one of two classes that are offered in this camp. And Joe Jonas, a teenager, is teaching the classes. 
He's not going to tell you what to do, though. You just have to copy the choreography that he's doing. Yeah, I guess I have, we have to say real quick that um, also introduced in this moment is that Joe Jonas, who is playing Shane Gray. Dawson. Dawson. No. Gray. Shane Gray. Who's yes. Shane Dawson? He's a YouTuber who I think has run into some controversial trouble lately. Thank All you, right. Alice. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's um, been canceled. We're introduced to Shane Gray. Mm-hmm. Who is part of a famous band called Connect Three. Connect Three is the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Shane Gray is Joe Jonas. We will refer to them as their real names from here on out. <laughs> also, the, the other Jonas. What's... Which one? Baby the, or Ogre? Ogre. <laughs> that would be Kevin. So Kevin, Kevin Jonas um, plays the Tara Reid role in this movie. They by make being, him extra dumb. Yeah, yes. He, he's so dumb. All he wants it's is for his brother to build him a birdhouse at Which camp. is beautiful. Wait, are they brothers in this movie? Because didn't they say we that don't they know. met at this camp? No. No, no, no. They cause, No, I think they're brothers. How can they not be? They're all twins. Well, they don't look like it. You don't think they look... Brothers? No. One has like a, a afro and one has... Well, it's because the other two have straightened, yeah, they with, all, with straightened hair. They yeah. all have curly hair in real life. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his hair was clearly taken over by a straight iron. <laughs> well, I thought that, you know, Chris Angel had broken into the wardrobe. Nick, that's band. pretty straightest of you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... Check your straight I, hair privilege. You know, yeah. I have to say I apologize to all the Jonas Brothers fans. I have... Never really seen a Jonas Brother before today. Nick didn't grow up with cable. <laughs> yeah, or maybe that's or why I don't like this film is because it's pretty mean to curly hair. Yeah, I think that we should reveal true. something here about our high school experience. All right, let's do it. Here's the thing: while I was trying to get with the girl who liked the Jonas Brothers, so I was listening to the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, Nick was trying to get with me. That is, I mean, I did take Michelle to prom. Nick asked me to prom. I said yes. We had a beautiful time. Yeah, it was actually a really good prom. He took me out in a convertible. That's true. Wow. And meanwhile, I was listening to the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Desperately trying to Trying to get with a girl who did not want to get with me. <laughs> and I think we're getting, with Camp Rock, we're getting to the root of our high school insecurities. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're getting mm. back to that place of confusion mm. and queerness uh. and Jonas Brothers and choreography. Having and to s- lie about yourself yeah, to try to fit in. Yes. Having to pretend you like the Jonas Brothers. And, and straightening your hair mm. so that everyone accepts you. Yeah. Yeah. True. Truth. So they're... they're <laughs> so back to the plot. So they're brothers. <laughs> they're brothers and they're in a band called Connect Three, which is the Jonas Brothers. Very famous. And oh. Joe is a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle just started laughing. He's a bad a boy. Bad, bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> he really doesn't like to be a team player, does he? No, he's in the thing is he's been exploited and he's dealing with a lot that of like uh, trauma that he he <laughs> <laughs> Michelle is overcome with emotion in this. Yeah, moment. okay. So Joe Jonas is a child star who hasn't had a chance to sit with his own emotions. Mm-hmm. And his management says you have to go to this camp for the summer. It's where the band met. Initially, do we remember what the scandal was that he got caught doing that he was sent to the? There was a scandal. Yeah, there's like the reason why he went was because he was the bad boy of the band. So let me look. I think it's also important to note here that his uncle, um, whose name is Brown Cesario, 
Yeah. Which is, <laughs> Cesario which is such a fucking creep. Really confounding. Why, why is his name Brown Cesario? Guys, I have a lot of Brown. questions about this movie. I don't this movie didn't make a whole lot of sense if you really think about <laughs> but it. But if you really think about it, okay, so we meet Brown Cesario, Joe Jonas's uncle. Not his real uncle in real life, because he's Australian. He, no, I think he is his uncle. Yeah, he, he is his uncle. He calls him his no, no, no. nephew. No, no, no. In the movie. In the movie, he's yes. his uncle. Yes. yes so yes. we meet him. He's um, a pervert. Yeah. He is obsessed with children, and in every scene, he gets very close to them. He made a joke about his fingers in front of all the kids. He works at the camp, which can, is he, concerning. He's can like I, the main person. Can I say that none of the people in this film ever stand more than three inches away from each other. Mm. But especially <laughs> Demi Lovato and Allison Stoner, their scenes they meet. are the most intimate. Yeah, it's because, and it's, uh, so um, Ms. Stoner is a producer's like daughter and wants to be like the next big producer. Also, there's a lot of really weird energy in this movie about like um, legacy uh, nepotism, like mm-hmm. everyone at the camp was somebody famous is a famous person's like son or daughter or person. And, and you know, a lot of class commentary in this film as well. Yes, yeah, but in a weird way, like it's sort of like, yeah, she did the right thing by pretending she didn't know her mom because only and like Shane's like comment because she pretends to be um, the daughter of a rich like label executive. And because she's ashamed that her mom is a cook and that she's poor. Yeah. And she just wants to fit in. And so her and Shane like have this sort of little like weird friendship romance thing. And they're in like a canoe and he's like, man, I'm just so glad that like you get it. Like people just want to get with you because you're famous and rich and stuff. It's all about going to the next party. and It's not about being with you, you know? And she's like, yeah. And then when they find out that she's like a cook's daughter, He's like, how could you? Yeah. How could you lie about being weeping. wealthy? The thing is, he doesn't say, how could you lie? He seems to really be upset that she's poor. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. I actually, this movie is like, I, I feel like it was written by a corporation and you can tell because it's like, isn't it just disgusting how this poor person tried to get a little uppity and like get into a higher class than she's spo- supposed to be in? And I feel like the message was supposed to be like, you can find love even if you're poor. Yeah. But like very, it didn't really like work. You can, you can be special even if you're not from a wealthy family or whatever. But I think the main message of the movie, because, okay, so I think we should explain the arc and then explain the main message. <laughs> I think okay. we, should, we should talk about the plot line of the yeah. her singing and Joe Jonas hearing yeah, it. That's that storyline. That's big. Tell and, us. Uh, okay. So um, I think everything is in this film is leading up to the big final performance. The... What is it called? Final Jam. Yes, which we keep hearing about throughout the film. We know that the film is is driving towards this big final performance where... It's a final jam. A final jam, <laughs> which is a competition. And if you win that competition, you get to record with Joe Jonas's character. I think all the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, it's oh, all of them. with Connect 3. With Connect 3. But Incredible. he's like the front man, so it's... Yes. Yeah. So we, throughout the film, we see Demi Lovato singing at various times, clearly very talented. Mitchie's got some pipes. No one else can sing as well as her at the camp. Um, So there's a point where she's singing by herself at a piano, and Joe Jonas overhears her singing. And then after that, throughout the film, he is... He becomes sort of her muse. And what is she singing? This is real. This, this is, is me. I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be. Is that like a real song that she has? It's a Camp Rock song. 
Oh. So was this like sold as an album? Mm-hmm. As, Camp uh, Rock, the album. Find it on Spotify. Man, this movie was made in a machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very similar to Josie and the Pussycats in that way, I think. Yeah, but Which, Josie was also had an album release. With and I think, I think it's interesting to put these movies up against each other because one feels so deliberate in its commentary on itself and the other one feels not deliberate at all. Well, but clearly it is deliberate by the people who are making it to sell this film, to sell its stars, to sell a lot of, to, you know, to make a lot of money. Disney Channel TV shows that all these people were in. Yeah. Mm. And... And it worked. It worked. It worked f- for me, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I gotta say, I was not attracted to anybody in this film. Well, well they they're teenagers. 16. So it's, that's a good thing. <laughs> Except for that one background person. Oh, oh my god, and the oh guy with my the god. dick. Okay, okay. Oh, so, yes, okay. so a couple things. Him? A couple things to know about this movie. One, in the background of every scene, there is at least one person playing a child who is at least a senior in college, maybe 35, 30. 35 years old. <laughs> also, look out for that. But then we found an incredible, a Easter, incredible egg. Easter egg. Check the movie versus movie Instagram for a screenshot. <laughs> It's um, so in the final during the final jam during the final jam, uh, there is a spot where if you pause it, a guy in the front row has a full on erection down his pants. It's almost to his knee. It's a we real are not lying. A, yeah, you can see the entire thing. Yeah, it's sort of like a real like boss hog in his pants. You know what I mean? What does that mean? <laughs> That's an inside joke. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's um, um, it's unreal. There's a, a full. Uh, what, two minutes of Camp Rock where they keep cutting to a scene of a man who has a massive erection in his jeans yes. that have you can you, fully see. So have you ever seen... Bigger than John Hamm. Yeah, no, well, let's not get crazy. John Hamm has a full tripod. I would say it's bigger. Wow, okay, okay. Well, also, do you guys, have you ever seen Teen Wolf? No. The MTV show? No, Teen Wolf the movie. With Michael J. Fox? Yes. No. So apparently there's a scene in that where someone's cock is just out. So I have heard that that's, I think that's been debunked. No. I believe, no. I believe it's actually. Okay, I'm going to, mm, okay. I believe that it's actually, I think that the person who that was has come out and it was actually a woman. And I think that her, she had stuck her shirt down through the fly in her pants. And like she was, it was, you know, she didn't think that they were about to start filming. And then they We've started all been filming there. and she didn't have time to like. Pull her pants up. Sometimes her pants. All right. So I just I just uh, typed in Teen Wolf cock and I got 1985 Teen Wolf penis bomb. Oh, there it is. See, so I I, I think it's actually the person's underwear. I do not uh, think. And I think. Whoa. Yeah, I don't. Oh. I don't think it's actually. I, yeah, I, I wow. believe, not a dick. I believe okay. I've heard that of, person looks like they could be a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Who knows? I think it's their underwear. Okay, I accept it. So where were we in Camp Rock? So the thing is, Joe Jonas, oh my God, we're so early in the movie. <laughs> Joe Jonas hears Demi Lovato playing this song, but can't see their face and says, oh my God, this is the most beautiful song I've ever heard. This is real. This is me, etc." And spends the rest of the movie trying to find the person who sang that song. Meanwhile, Joe Jonas writes his own song, basically plagiarizing that song with the yeah, same chord same changes. Chords. Conveniently, he and Demi... Conveniently, he and Demi are able to sing it together at the end of the movie because he plagiarized and right. wrote a song over the same chord changes. So do we think that he's a bad person? I think he's lazy, and I think it's 
I think it's really silly that we're supposed to think that it's cute. Romantic. Because literally he was just like, I want to do a duet with this cute girl who I want to fuck. So I'm going to write the same song as her. Yeah. Similar to what I did by liking the Jonas Brothers to sleep with a girl. Yeah, there was a, a moment where he's like, yeah, it just reminds me of my old music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that song that you wrote actually reminds me of something that uh, I would have written. Yeah. <laughs> So I wrote the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, there's like a uh, kind of a, a scene montage of all these women in the camp, like going around trying to sing their music around him because it gets out that he's looking for this one woman. And they um, all want to fuck Joe because he's do. famous. Yeah. Yes. And kind of hot. Kind of uh, hot. Yeah, maybe. He's the hottest Jonas brother. I mean, he does look like he would mind freak you. You know what I mean? Because he's Chris Angel. <laughs> Or the third property brother. <laughs> or the third property bro- oh, brother. Google the third yeah. property oh brother right now. It's actually perhaps better than this entire movie if you just search um, third property brother picture image. JPEG, I don't think you need to. PNG. <laughs> I don't. Think. You have to put it all Probably in. Probably just third in property. Order. I think you. <laughs> I do think that they're hotter now for sure. The property um, brothers. The third property brother. <laughs> Well, because you're an adult and the Jonas Brothers are adults, are adults now. And yes, not they, teens. Some of them are. Alice, stop trying to find enough. a way into fucking a teenager. Hey. <laughs> um, another fun thing is that the Jonas Brothers' pants were extremely short. Uh, sorry. The Jonas nice. Brothers' pants were extremely tight in this movie. Yeah. So you really. Um, learned about them. You learn a lot about them by watching this film. Sure, sure. Okay, let's just keep going because this we're not even close. So, <laughs> I mean, um, not a lot happens. I'm pretty close if you know what I mean. <laughs> so there, so there's an opening jam where they all kind of meet and they and we're introduced to sort of like the evil trio, which is this uh, one girl whose mom doesn't love her. <laughs> we're also introduced to the tokenism of the film where they get like a few people of color to do one song with like a rap in it. Yeah. And mostly none of them have lines. We don't learn any of their names. And during the choreo uh, scene where they're in a choreo class, they all have baseball caps that they're like <laughs> flipping around. There's some, uh, let's just say, iffy moments of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't like that. <laughs> Um, but the, they, but essentially, um, Demi's character becomes um, like obsessed with being a part of this like mean girl trio because she wants to be um, popular and accepted at the camp, and so she moves cabins into uh, their room or whatever, and she like sings for them, and they're all like, "Oh wow, you're really good. You should sing backup for us." And she's seduced because she's also a homosexual. Yes. We, um, you don't see the, the seduction or anything that follows that. Um, but you but feel you, it. You do and, see a lot of sexual tension between yeah, and her it's not, and Allison. It's not really even implied that that happens, but like you can kind of see that it would go there if the pages of the script weren't turned uh, into ashes. You know. So then she sings <laughs> for them, and they're like, you're hot, you sound great, be in our clique. And she's like... Demi's like, yeah, also my mom is a famous record executive in China. She's like the head of MTV in China. Yeah. So, And they're seduced by that. And they're seduced by money. 
Yeah, and but then be, to do this, she turns her back on her true love. Alison Caitlin. Stoner. Yeah. Caitlin. Caitlin, who is the producer person. Um, and so then there goes, there's like a good chunk of the movie where they're just sort of like showing her being mean to Caitlin and there's like a food fight that happens. With spaghetti that has no sauce on it. Yeah, very strange. Mom's also, not a great cook. Yeah, there's a scene with the mom cooking hot dogs, or no, no, hamburgers, and there's just a full like, 150 pounds of ground Ground beef beef. uncovered on on the table a mountain (laughs) of uncovered ground beef exposed to the air and demi's character is just like man i never want to eat a hamburger again (laughs) and that's when demi lovato became a vegetarian and a lesbian lesbian. she's like no more meat in my life (laughs) um okay so then um things turn crazy uh, when Demi's character and Shane, uh, Joe Jonas's character, sort of get together and like sort of start talking, and they're kind of vibing, and they're like, "Oh wow, you're like kind of cool." Um, One thing that surprised me about this film was that Demi Lovato's character seems to be really nervous, and and she's lying about her mom, and, and she's, she has, she's nervous around the popular kids, but she seems really chill around the pop star yeah. that is like a hottie and that all the other girls are dying over. I think Ow. the thing is, this is, sorry, Nick, to no, interrupt. This is the one thing that makes me so sure that Mitchie, Demi's character, is supposed it's to be queer. queer, because she doesn't give a fuck around this hot boy who's yes. famous. She gets nervous around Allison Stoner, who she's in mm. love with, who is just like a person at the camp. And there's a lot of touching between the two of them. Uh-huh. Between Demi and Allison. Prolonged, <laughs> prolonged eye contact. Uh-huh. They watch a sunset together. Oh, I- yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, and they, they're, they're friends. She's her, she's her number one supporter. Like, mm. they spend way more time together than Demi and Shane. Yeah, and that's why Demi goes up to Shane. Shane is like, hey, I think you're cute. Do you want to listen to this song? And Demi's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I have five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I can fit you in. (laughs) And then Shane plays the song and he's like, yeah, I heard someone play this once. I don't know who it was. And Demi's like, oh, I've heard it before. Moving on. (laughs) Gotta go see my friend. Familiar asshole. (laughs) Asshole, you plagiarized that for me. And then she goes back to, because she's like carrying a bunch of chips for some reason in the scene. And she goes back to the kitchen where she finds her love interest. Allison Stoner. Who is there because she got punished for the food fight which Demi did not clear her for blame on mm. so she really got screwed over and that was a, a real uh, strike against the the love brewing between the two and she walks into the kitchen with the chips and she sees Allison Stoner and panics because she's in love with her and, <laughs> and she doesn't want Allison Stoner to find out the secret that she's the daughter of the caterer exactly but she trips because she's so in love yeah but mostly because of the love thing <laughs> <laughs> she trips because she's in love the chips go flying she goes flying Allison Stoner goes oh my god you've been lying this whole time about who you are and Allison Stoner was volunteering in the kitchen well she was forced to go there because she was in the food fight. It's That's not a volunteer true. if you That's have true. to do it. You know, <laughs> but she was down. She was down to help out. She really liked the <laughs> she, cook. But she was down. She didn't like leave the camp. That's I mean, cool. she's the best character. Yeah, she is also Except probably for the best actor. that one scene actor. where she played the piano. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like doing it behind her back and stuff. <laughs> Incredible Wait, the, scene. The three months later scene? 
No. Um, the uh, one where she's at the camp and she's like, and then like the mean girl's like, oh my god, is that snake? And then the dean of the school is like, no, that's a, a cable for the amp. Yeah, because <laughs> Allison Stoner was playing piano so well, but so terribly. But everyone was like, oh my god, it's so good because she's so hot. Everyone yeah. wants to date her. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Okay, and- so Allison Stoner finds out that Demi Lovato is the daughter of a cook, but it plays it cool. And then a few scenes later, the mean girl uh, f- somehow finds out that Demi is the child of a cook. But she and- like sneakily like follows them because she's getting jealous mm-hmm. that because she keeps seeing Joe Jonas and uh, Demi together. She saw them in the canoe. She they're in a canoe and they're they canoodled. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> we watched it like thirty minutes ago. <laughs> So the mean girl sees them in the canoe and is obviously into Shane, a.k.a. Joe Jonas, because he's famous and she is really attached to social status. Mm. So she, so the Jonas Brothers perform yes. randomly. It's like a plug for the Jonas Brothers. The three of them are on a big stage and then the drummer and bassist are off to the side because they're not in the band. But the drummer was a woman or maybe a girl and we think that's cool. <laughs> yes. No, but also one thing to mention is that Every single musical number in this movie is not is like pre-recorded in such a way that it's like very produced. And so even when he's like acoustically playing the guitar and singing to Mitchie, uh, you hear like the several harmonies <laughs> under his voice. And Which doesn't like that. make any sense. <laughs> but there are f- so there's a, a couple scenes where Joe is singing live clearly and where Demi is clearly singing live. And those are the best. And Demi sounds incredible live, obviously. Obby. Joe Joe did his best. <laughs> and so the Jonas Brothers perform, aka Connect Three. And then everyone's like, that was so fucking awesome. And then after right after the performance, everyone's riding the high. And this mean girl takes the opportunity. Her name is um Liz Tess. Tess, Tess. Tess Tyler. Tess Tyler takes this opportunity of everyone being happy to make everyone sad. And she Because she's sad and hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And she goes up to Demi and she says, hey, tell us about your mom. What is she? The head of MTV in China? No. What is she really? And then what, the de- what does... And the mom is standing right behind her. Is she? Mm-hmm. Yes. I missed that. Right behind Tess. So oh. she can't. So Demi can't <gasps> lie because her mom is standing right there. I missed that. So she confesses that her mom is the cook of the camp. The cook of the camp. Cook of the camp. Alice, you are the cook of the camp. <laughs> Let me tell you. You're the king of the road. <laughs> You're the king of the road. What, what does that mean? That mean? <laughs> Alice, Alice uh, might thank be you. A little thank drunk. you. Look, I <laughs> am the king of the road. Love story. King of the road. We song? be all night in love. <laughs> king of the road. So she's shamed out of being a rich person. She's kicked out of the popular clique. And then Joe Jonas comes up to her in this moment. How could you not be rich? He's so sad. He's basically crying. He's like, I can't believe you. None of what you said about you being rich is real. (laughs) I thought you were rich. (laughs) And then her... Her true love is like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll we're gonna show them. We'll enter the the final jam together. Yeah, Allison goes up to Demi and is like, I love you. Let's be together, and we'll be in the final jam together. Sort of Im- implicitly though, like, like it's like implied. It's, it's not pretty explicit. Said. No, it's never said. <laughs> uh, and so then they start like planning what they're gonna do, um, but Tess, being the vindictive little idiot that she is like plants 
a stolen Nick, bracelet. she's a child. <laughs> yeah, that's why I calmed it down for some. Some of my language is going to be a little intense, and so I calmed it down. I pulled it back and um, said she was an idiot because she planted her bracelet, which she, like, it's her mom's who doesn't love her, uh, and she puts it on, like, one of uh, Mitchie's books and then tells the, like, camp counselor that's- Brown. Brown. Cesario. Yeah, Brown Cesario. To go and check it, and he's like, I have to kick you out of all of the different parts of the camp until the final jam. Jam, And they're like, oh, oh shit, we're done. We're donezos. But then Mitchie gets an idea. He's like, oh, the, the, we're done until the final jam, which means we can participate after the final song of the final jam. And so her and her love. Allison Stoner. <laughs> Caitlin and Mitchie, a.k.a. Allison Stoner and Demi Lovato, in case we um, haven't said those names enough. They... Go away. And then it's the final jam. We see a bunch of musical numbers, which are mediocre at best. One has trampolines. Oh, we And also, one has mirrors. We ha- But we do have to say that the evil girl's mom comes and then leaves her song to, like, take a call. And then she, like, we never really see the end of that plot line. No, but the end of that plot line is the mean girl. When her mom leaves, she discovers that she has a real moment of introspection that we're supposed to interpret where we see her realize that she's mean to people because her mom is mean to her. And then she goes up to Alison Stoner and Demi Lovato and is like, I'm actually really sorry for everything. And at this point she has alienated her best friends who are her clique and they have, they sort of say- They've gone solo. Yes, this is too much. We're not going to put up with your BS anymore, Tess. Mm. Uh. And, and one and of them, and she has to go out and perform solo, even though she does have backup dancers and six full-length mirrors. Yes, and one of one of the best friends who are like alienated goes out and performs solo, and we see a full montage of this character that we spend maybe fifteen minutes of the whole hour and a half. Movie I would say with. much less than fifteen. Yeah, maybe minutes. like ten to five minutes of this movie we have spent with this character, and we get a montage of all of the scenes where she's like in the background and she's playing this song and then it's we're supposed to like focus on that and then she wins the competition and it's really anticlimactic and confusing well but here's the beautiful thing so the the song that demi wrote that joe has plagiarized um comes out at the end because demi realizes that Mitchie realizes that she was only banned from being in the show until the end of the final jam. So the final jam ends, and then she goes up to Brown Cesario and says, can I go up now? Because it's the end. And he says, I was hoping you would say that, which is a weird thing to say. Gross. I was hoping you'd come back. Uh, (laughs) mm, Mitchie. You're beautiful. (laughs) Oh, I love children. Uh. And she's like, dope, I have a great song to play. So she goes up, plays her song, and then Joe hears her play and is like, that's the song I heard. And he's like, I have the perfect song to sing on top of your song. Like, I'm going to take over your moment with my own song that I wrote. makes it a duet. It's actually very similar to um, every time Nick is singing. Um, and I feel the need to just come in and also sing with him. Yeah, that's beautiful, it's, it's though. Real great. It's beautiful when you do it. It's like a Joe Jonas. It's very Joe Jonas of me. It's very Shane Gray of me. Yes, very much. Demi sp- spends the whole movie in the background of this movie being self-conscious and then finally has a moment on this stage where they are like fully themselves confident. And Joe Jonas takes this opportunity to grab the mic. Alice Classic is saying no. Man. What are you saying right now? I'm saying that's not okay. Yeah, it's not. I thought you were being like, no, Joe was totally in the no, right No, no, no. So it's Joe, disgusting. Joe and they Jonas. Don't, they don't even kiss. They don't even kiss. Joe Jonas 
uh, sees Demi being f- so confident, grabs the mic from Brown, and then says, we're going to make this a duet, goes on stage, and uh, sings his own song over their song. song. And like, look, this song is a banger. But like, <laughs> Let's he's, be straight. He's this ha- song fucking rocks. It fucking slaps. <laughs> but he's had his moments. He's an international pop star. You're this is her moment. here inside my head. The reason that I'm singing. <laughs> yeah, is that one. <laughs> it, look, it slaps, and I won't say it doesn't, but was it disrespectful? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then the movie ends with them all sort of like going out and doing a dance together, like the whole camp. And then the so the credits start to roll, and then it says three months later, and then we just see all of the we see the baby that see, Demi and Joe had together. No, 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 no. no. That Demi and Allison that. had together. It's no, so- I don't remember that either. <laughs> I think actually what we saw is that all of the women came together in this garage and mm. just sing another song, which went on for like three minutes and then ended, and nothing really it's pretty pointless. Yeah, pretty they decided pointless. they didn't need men. Yeah, mm. and they became a, a, a coven. A lesbian supergroup. They yeah. became a coven. <laughs> and then that's the end of that movie. And what do we think these two movies have in common? Music. Music. Lesbian tension. A little bit of sexual energy that's not explicit in the script, but implicit. Mm. Anti-capitalism that is implicit in one movie and explicit in another. <laughs> <laughs> I think Josie and the Pussycats, uh, personally, I think the music is better. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think that there are some true bops. Mm. Um, the person who provides uh, the voice of Josie is the woman from Letters from, for Cleo. When she's singing, not when she's speaking. That is her <laughs> own voice when she's speaking. <laughs> yes, that would be very strange. Um, which is a callback to uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, another mm. movie versus movie movie. Because at the end of that movie, you see Letters for Cleo uh, singing on the rooftop. Another fun connection, if we're going to just keep that that train Mm. of thought going, is that the Miley Cyrus song, Seven Things I Hate About You, is about Nick Jonas, who featured in Camp Rock. That's Mm. very true. The seven things I hate about you. You're insecure. So what do you guys think? If you were to offer a fun summer band camp movie, what would you do and why? Of these two films or, or just of any films? Yeah, of course. These two films. It's oh. the one that we're doing the podcast If I had on. to recommend a movie? Yeah. If I had to recommend and I could only recommend one You'd of these You'd have to recommend movies. one and why? Like, give me the pros and cons of both. Well, <laughs> I would say Josie and the Pussycats has zero cons. <laughs> okay. Except and for only the- pros. Okay, I would argue that there's a in both movies there's a lot of tokenism of people of color. Yeah, I think True. it's more. Although in Josie and the Pussycats, at least we have Rosario Dawson. Yeah, who is like a Gay fully icon. fleshed out main character. Main character, who's a woman, of color. and they're self aware of the fact that like she's cast aside. Like they say that she's cast aside because she's a person of color. Yes. Whereas in Camp Rock, <laughs> <laughs> we've got Peggy slash Margaret. I think that the the person of color other than um the one that gets i think it's peggy is it peggy that yes yeah peggy so, slash who wins yeah peggy who wins other than that we have the drummer guy who's like in oh, every yeah, other yes. scene and like, he can't dance <laughs> and joe jonas comes up to him and says it's okay man you got the rhythm in your hands you just gotta get that rhythm from your hands can you drum to your feet yeah. <laughs> and then he pulls out drumsticks and, drums. and then they kiss it's beautiful they don't kiss. <laughs> I have to say uh, that all of this is 
Implicit, not explicit. Implicit kissing. <laughs> implicit kissing. That's a good uh, band name. Implicit kissing. Now, oh, that's a good band name. Cite me. My true recommendation would be the film Spice World. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> it's not available anywhere. Agree, agree. Yeah. So if anyone has a copy of the DVD of Spice World, <laughs> please, please, send please it to movie write movie send it to at Medford, <laughs> Boston, Massachusetts. And we will give you a t-shirt. <laughs> please. <laughs> All right, everyone. Any, any final thoughts on these two movies? We still haven't really gone through the pros and cons, but I think that our feelings are pretty I well think shown. that, so if I were to recommend a movie, I would recommend <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats, obviously. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's great in every way. It would not get made today because uh, I don't think anyone would fund it because... It's a pretty weird movie. Yeah, and it's like with, anti-capitalist. Exactly. And with, but with like big stars yeah. of the time. Like we yeah. have Rachel Lee Cook coming off of She's All That, a huge film with a terrible message. The person who plays Fiona... Pretty well known. What's her name? Parker Posey. Parker Posey. I mean, iconic indie movie star. She's so funny, so incredible. Um, Alan funny. Cumming. We have mm. Rosario Dawson. We have Tara Reid. I mean, we got we got big stars from 2001. I think that just in general, Alan Cumming is such a fun experience to watch. And I think Alan Cumming is a good transition to the main message, the overarching message of all of these movies to leave you with, which is that it is Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> and it's time to be camp. And all of the people in these movies are gay, whether or not you realize it. Yes. These are are queer films, yeah. especially, yes. especially Camp Rock. Camp Rock. <laughs> Camp Rock Honestly, the might gayest. Might the queerest movie that Disney has ever produced. Aside from Brink, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about the basketball one with the twins? Mm, pretty gay, pretty gay. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of queer coding, a lot of queer baiting. Like a double, double, double time, double trouble. So Double yeah, I, I, I guess it is true that if you can rely on Disney for one thing, it is queer baiting. Queer baiting. <laughs> oh, what about motocrossed? Oh, <laughs> Michelle just got visibly aroused. <laughs> that was an awakening I movie for a lot of people. Motocrossed is interesting too because it's gender bending. Mm. Mm, yeah, real. Uh, yeah. Cadet Kelly. I'm so sorry. I just oh. hit the mic. Cadet Kelly. Yeah. Christy Carlson Romano can get it anytime. My dad. You ask him what movie I made him watch 900 times, he will tell you. Cadet, Cadet Kelly? Kelly. Really? Every time it came on the TV, I'd be like, Dad, can we watch Cadet Have Kelly? Have you seen it, Nick? No. I think my dad really related to Cadet Kelly because he was in the military as a young person. Oh. He was like, Whoa. he was nearly drafted, so he enlisted to avoid being drafted, and then right. he would have been drafted a month later. And, had he not and you liked the power dynamics between two women. <laughs> And I like the power dynamics between two women who were in love with each other. Hilary Duff and Christy Carlson Romano. One's the mask, one's the femme. It really was perfect. It had a woman from Degrassi, which mm. really is what sold me on it. Yeah. They did that thing where they slapped their hands. <gasps> what is that called? Ooh. I don't know. Stomping, but I, stepping, I know exactly. step, stepping. Yes. It is also appropriation, I will say. Yes. Um, sorry, I'm sorry that I described it as the <laughs> thing where they I'm slapped so sorry, their I'm hands. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Ugh. So the main message is both these movies are really gay. Go mm -hmm. watch gay movies. And you should watch them. Honestly, please watch Camp Rock. It's the gayest movie you will see all year. And I'm not saying that because it's an incredibly gay movie. I'm saying it because we haven't had a lot of gay movies this year. At all. At all. Go watch it. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Movie versus movie. Movie versus movie. Go get your guitar. Bah. You promised them. A Jonas Brothers song. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Movie versus movie. Movie versus movie.